This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. Welcome back to Models and Masters, where we explore the success models of the most innovative creators in the world. And in this episode, I am joined by Keho Camden, who is the CEO of Digital Vision Media Group, an agency that helps Web3 and technology companies optimize for growth. As the fractional CMO for, for Coinberry and Blockchain Foundry, he helped guide both companies to successful eight-figure exits in 2022. He is currently focused on launching his latest startup, Press Jockey, the world's first AI-powered software, a tool that helps businesses get up to 5x more press with 90% less effort. Uh, he's also a Forbes contributor and a best-selling author. Cahill, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today. Michael, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So I think a good place to start this conversation, and we're going to dive into to AI and yeah. um, the, the way that technology is reshaping the marketing and media landscape. But before we zone in there, I would love to get kind of your broad thoughts on how you've seen the, the PR niche change and evolve over the last 10 years because it has it has changed it's changed a lot um and attention spans as we know have become even more compressed over that time um people are looking for information and discovering uh um, content in completely new ways and new platforms so how have you seen the space just kind of broadly change yeah so that's a really good question i think what we've seen is with the okay so social media has really come onto the scene in the last 10 years especially right um that comes with technology in terms of iPhones, mobile phones, that type of thing, you know, Android, etc. And so what has happened, like you said, is the attention spans have dropped a lot. And so you used to be able to put out a press release, you're paying thousands of dollars for that, but it goes out to a number of journalists, a number of publications, um, you know, even early bloggers, etc. And people will see that, say, oh, that's an interesting story, and then maybe pick up your pick up your story or reach out to you to, to find out more. And that is that that cycle is really shortened a lot. Now, that's not to say that press releases don't work. They absolutely can work. They do work. Um, they can be very powerful. But you have to have some really killer news to be able to get in front of the media and get those stories covered. Otherwise, it's just like in a fire hose of content, kind of like imagine posting your your announcement on Twitter. It's just like flip and it's gone. It's gone. Um, you know, so so that that is that is kind of what what is what has shifted is you used to be able to do one thing and now you really have to connect with people. You have yeah. to deal with the communities more. You have to respond to to journalists faster, target them with great stories. Mm. You have to do a lot of the work often in terms of creating the stories or the pitches or the angles. Yeah. Um, and you have to help them do their job, um, which is not a bad thing. It's just that's the shift, right? Um, right? Everyone's looking for more clicks. Everyone's looking for the crazier stories that are going to drive more advertising revenue. And so you've got to position your brand or your expertise in that manner so that you can help the media help you right so that's that's i think some of the big shifts yeah i i was asked to create a press release in a recent role this was several months ago for 
a new product release and new messaging for a company I was uh, advising. And I was a little, for the first time in my career, I was a little uh, unsure and taken back at that thought in this, just because the, the shape of the industry is being molded so quickly and so differently. I would rather see, and I, I, I want to jump into tactics here for a second and get your thoughts. I would rather see a company focus on blasting quality content out on social as opposed to creating a generic release and just kind of spraying and praying that to reporters or outlets or journalists who, like you said, they're inundated daily too with content, right? We all are. We're all going through our feeds and our scrolls trying to find the most meaningful value additive stuff. And when you are spamming people, maybe that's maybe that's a step too far, but you know, we really have to think about how is this message being perceived in the marketplace, right? And where I've seen the industry move is is a focus on owned and earned media channels where you're you're still adding value, you're telling your story through those owned channels and those earned channels, but in a way that you're still you're still able to add value to the marketplace. Are there any uh, tactics that you've seen your clients um, use that are you're really high on? Yeah, well, I mean, so this 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 jumps into the tool that we created, right? Um, because you're right. So for for those for those who are listening or watching who don't know how kind of the press game works, yes, there's let's maybe cover that. So there there's there's a couple of different terms that you'll probably hear Michael and I kind of throw around. One is owned media. So let's think your blog, your own podcast, your Substack, whatever your newsletter that's owned media. You own right. that. Right. And you've got earned media. So earned media is, hey, I've reached out to this media outlet and I've earned the right to be in their publication, in, on their blog, in their podcast, YouTube channel, etc. And then you have paid media. And paid media covers your typical Twitter, Facebook, Google ads, but also the display ads, newsletter sponsorships, influencers, um, you know, those types of things. So owned, earned, and paid media, right? Okay, so now let's get into tactics. If we're talking about earned media, um, so that's the PR game, there's really two things that are happening in this in this space that I don't think a lot of people know about either. One is you've got your typical outreach style campaigns. So that's what agencies like my agency does for clients. We'll sit down with you, we help build awesome story arcs, that's what we call them, awesome stories, pitches, um, we position your brand in a specific way. Cool. Then we go and we find the right media outlets, people, podcasts, YouTubers, bloggers, etc., that we think will resonate or connect well with your brand. And then we pitch them. We say, hey, you know, we've been working with Michael. He's got a great story. You know, zero to hero founder, XYZ. And he's talking about these things that you're also talking about. Are you interested in these stories? So that's this outbound type of PR. But yeah. there's also this inbound PR where you have the media is looking for experts to speak to, right? And so they're looking yeah. for people to connect with. And yes. that's when they're they're putting out press requests saying, or expert requests saying, hey, I need someone for my article. Today's Wednesday. I'm going live with this on Monday morning. I need to talk to someone to ask them about finances, health, the economy, whatever it might be. And they're pushing that message out there. So you can respond to those and get earned media as well. And so in terms of tactics, what we're seeing is, um, you know, the owned media is super important to have on your own channels, by the way. Yeah. So yes, social media is good. Yes, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, Snapchat. Okay, fine. 
but you have to have your real owned media in your in your domain meaning you need to have emails like that is extremely important email newsletters etc you need to have the ability to connect with your audience on your terms okay um that that said how do you get people into that owned media well earned media and paid media and so we use earned media to you know yeah we do both we reach out to the journalists to our rolodex to our network etc we also um reach out to the communities you know we'll do we'll do that type of discussion partnerships etc to get people featured in place and get people talking about brands and we also respond to all the requests that are coming in back so when journalists and you know the media is looking for experts to speak on x y and z we'll respond to those as well yeah. and then if you've got the if you've got the budgets we'll also do the paid media in very in very targeted channels depending on on what you're doing there's been such a such an increase in the amount of people that are looking to build their per, their personal brands and their own online businesses in the social ecosystem the last few years and in tandem with that we've seen a bunch of pr and social agencies kind of pop up to support that demand in the market and i mean i'm getting dms on a weekly basis from bots that are being run by agencies who are hired by people to to reach out and and uh you know supposedly get get people featured on these outlets these business magazines and so on and so forth um that's one tactic that i that i've just i've become really acutely aware of uh, as of late and you know maybe maybe that works maybe maybe that doesn't work for some people i think you know it can depending on who you are and what your holistic strategy is um how how would you advise people to think about you know so, sort of working with agencies number one but also how to sort of determine which tactics make sense for them to 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 go after um and which ones are working versus which won't work for them before they invest Oh, difficult questions. Uh so two, which how do you kind of determine um agency fit and yeah. what agency is going to do and then two, yeah. how do you determine the the traction channels that you're going to go for? Exactly. Let's talk about the first one, uh, agencies. So, agencies are or can be really powerful. They can be great, but you're going to spend money on them. So, right there there's a barrier to entry. Typically, agencies, you know, you can get some backlink agencies that will charge, you know, 200 to that's called 300 to 500 US per link. Okay, so you might get some crappy links in there. Um but if you're really dealing with a proper PR agency who's going to you know, work with you, build your stories, adjust, use the Rolodex, etc., you're probably looking at the range of 5 to 25,000 a month for 3 to 6 months minimum contract. So okay, so that's a that's a barrier right there, right? So when should you use an agency? Well, if you have a lot of important news, like really important news. I know we all think, oh, "Okay, my company's so important like we just hired xyz person I'm sorry but nobody cares like i'm talking important news like you're shifting the market right you've accomplished some kind of achievement that many people haven't you've done a partnership with a very large company or a series of very you know small companies in 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 your industry that really have impact or something like that you know I'm just man making this up then you can start to think about okay look this pr agency is going to help put me in front of the right people it's going to help build brand awareness, can help build credibility, it's going to help me with my SEO value, etc., etc. But there's a cost to doing business with an agency. So, if you're not at that level or if you don't have a lot of big news or you're not making constant updates, uh, you know, 
and maybe you don't need an agency right now. That's fine. You can use one when you do need it, right? You've raised venture capital, you've raised venture funding, like you're pushing forward. Okay, cool. Um, now there's a caveat to that. And let's talk about, just remind me of that caveat in a second. So I'm gonna use an example that I'm sure we'll go down this rabbit hole with. There's a caveat to that. Um, so then what tactics should you use is, is the next question. Well, that depends on your company, depends on your uh, industry, right? And so the, the, the tactics of reaching out, responding, you know, targeting certain different, you know, press, et cetera, it depends on, it really depends on your industry. My personal take is that whether you're building a personal brand or you're building your, your company brand, mm -hmm. you should be doing press. Like you should be out there talking to the media. You should be building relationships. You know, even if it's just a little bit, because yeah. it does take time. And like you said, Michael, the media is inundated with requests. And so if all of a sudden you've got like a big announcement that you want to get going in three weeks from now, it's like, good luck. If you haven't built your, if you haven't really built a, a Rolodex and, and connections and like you haven't been working with the media for the last two, three months, it's like, yeah, you're, maybe your your big release is going to go unnoticed. And so in that, in that way, I would say, you know, get started with press, build relationships, you're dealing with people and you know, start to provide value in your industry, your market, um, regardless of whether that's podcasting, articles, YouTube, et cetera, right? right. The caveat, there's hmm. the caveat about agencies and press. If you have crazy news, or if you are have a crazy product um, or service like OpenAI, you probably don't need to use an agency because your product is just so mind-blowing that people are going to be talking about you nonstop. Hmm. That is very, very rare right yeah. like very 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 rare yeah most companies need to do some type of communications outreach and communications management even right. if it's small like you know now in your industry maybe you have something that is really groundbreaking and truly revolutionizes what's going on and then people start to talk about it yeah but even still like extra press doesn't hurt you it only helps communicate your message and get your brand out there right so it's like i would, I would just do it regardless i think that social media has also really evened the playing field so to speak and what i would tell people who are thinking about how do i create a bigger footprint for myself kind of with the for the forethought that at some point when i do scale up or launch something new or release something into the market that I do want people to know about, you'll already have that audience and that built-in trust in place that you've cultivated from building your community for a period, not of days or weeks or months, but of years to where people already trust you. They look to you as an authority because of what you create and what you've built. And then when you drop that bomb, they will just naturally uh, want to consume it. They'll trust you inherently because of the goodwill that you build up and they'll share if it's something that's interesting. And 100%. in the meantime, well, what should you be doing? Cahill just spoke to it, you know, go on your own press tour, like go on websites and marketplaces that let you connect with other people. There are so many out there. All you have to do is Google and you can come up with half a dozen places where you can literally create a profile right now and start connecting with people, doing podcast interviews, start thinking about, you know, does it make sense for me to maybe write a book and start to build my personal brand across Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or LinkedIn, wherever, wherever works for you. And then when you're ready to, to bring a new message to that market, it's already there. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. And I think to not making it to not make it overwhelming you don't have to do like so you don't have to do a lot like you really don't like if you're on if 
and, and there's there's so you don't have to do a lot and there's now more of a blend between press and community yeah so we'll get into that in a second but you don't have to do a lot okay let's just deal with that if you're just creating an article on someone else's blog once every couple of months you're doing something to just get out there you're getting a little bit of traction and okay in a year you get six placements great you want to ramp that up no problem you can ramp it up to once a month twice a month five times a month etc but you don't have to do a lot same with podcasts like maybe you say hey this year i want to be on four to six podcasts okay cool like that little bit of press helps and it helps not only connect you with the audience and build trust and credibility etc but it also helps you solidify your own brand and your own thoughts about your brand and your own direction and so i think it's really good for on both sides right so right. That's, that's part one and part two is press and community are starting to merge i think more and more where what we're seeing is if you for example want to provide value in a community that is inadvertently doing press to a certain degree now if you keep on providing value what's happened this has happened to myself and we've, we've seen it with our clients is all of a sudden that community might say hey we actually want to feature you on our podcast or our blog or we want you to do a webinar or we want you to really educate our audience on a larger level about the value that you've been providing in the community this work channel you know facebook group reddit etc and so that also can can lead to giving you more press and again it doesn't have to be this big huge you know press tour like i'm talking to 10 blogs a month and i've got four podcast interviews every week it's like it doesn't have to be like that you just right. start small and scale up from that that's what we always say can i ask for you and go into as much or as little detail as as you'd like here but for your personal brand as you uh as you see it now like are there a set of things that you're focused on doing on a weekly basis podcasting or social even making posts on on linkedin or any other communities that you're that you're focused on 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 putting yourself out there on a weekly basis yeah good question so we hear so let's start with the things that i i don't like and i and i and i don't do i think this is important to understand for yourself because if you're forcing yourself to do something that you really don't like it's going to be it's going to be a mission it's going to be a pain and so like you're not going to want to do it yeah so for for me personally i don't really like being on social that much like twitter instagram i don't use tiktok you know i'm not i'm not really that guy i consume content there sometimes yes um but i don't like tweeting all the time i'm starting to do it a little bit more from just experimenting so i don't do that um i used to have a podcast and i actually regrettably i i killed it this is like five years ago mm-hmm. um, and i think it could have been if, if we were getting good down so i don't do that anymore either uh, mostly from the time thing what i do like doing and what i do spend a lot of time doing is i do community uh, community i create community value so i answer a ton of questions in the communities that i'm a part of yeah they will share articles um that i've created specifically for that community i'll spend you know 30 minutes an hour hour and a half writing a post for that specific community so that they yeah. get a lot of value yeah i've done webinars for communities um you know again with no, no expectation no expectations just like here's what's going on with press here's how to do x y and z so i spend a lot of time doing that and then i also spend um time i've got obviously a team and one of our our team members who manages our press outreach um she's been getting me podcasts once once to two times a week so i love doing podcasts i love sharing information that way and so that's kind of what i'm doing we also do like i also write so i've written a book it was an international bestseller on amazon so i've done that already so i can write pretty quickly 
um, and, and I can write decently well, uh, I think, maybe. <laughs> so um, I do do articles when it's called for, but right now, for me, that takes up a little too much time, and so for me, it's community value. I love doing that stuff. Like, uh, I'll spend hours in Facebook groups and, and, and chats on Discord and stuff like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, and then podcasts. That's what I'm doing. There are a lot of opportunities for attention arbitrage out there that are constantly that are constantly evolving. It's just that the channels and the ways to connect with people are differing, I think, very, very quickly. Uh, and just to give people a couple of ideas for the things that I'm seeing and participating in myself, one thing that I've seen is uh, um, like we've also seen this increase in webinars and people going live on their favorite social platforms the last few years, you can get in those spaces as an attendee. And what you want to do there is you just want to drop lengthy value additive comments that are answering questions that you're seeing people asking if you're in a position to help provide um, clarity or answers there. And when you get into those spaces and you add value, particularly that's lengthier than just a sentence or two, where people can actually take a, a tangible you know, action step from what you add, like that goes so far in helping to, you know, increase your your uh, your your personal brand in the market and you're going to start to really amplify your your footprint by doing things like that also getting into spaces like quora or reddit or linkedin groups and just responding to people taking time to do what others are not willing to do um, in a lot of these communities i think to to kale's point is such a big opportunity right now yeah so just jumping in there quickly um i've experimented with quora as well and so i've i've written Hundred and fifty, hundred and seventy kind of responses. Right. I actually didn't find that much value from it personally. Right. Um, I agreed you can do it, and I think it's good to to provide value. And it's like so. Okay, let me rephrase that. I didn't find much immediate value from it, but there is ancillary value from it. So one, you learn how to write better for sure. Yeah. Two, you learn how to structure your thoughts in answers that get upvoted more or that 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 become better. Three, you get into a habit if you're jumping in there on a regular basis. Right. And four, there's probably some SEO benefits and whatnot that you can get out of it as well. Yep. Um, but even if you just take those four kind of ancillary benefits versus direct traffic and and you know direct direct monetization of your core answers, those four things translate into groups, into Facebook, Reddit, into Discord. And so then if you if you take that over, you know, your writing ability, your, your discipline and going in every day, your ability to answer questions that get upvoted, your ability to provide value, et cetera. Now, when you go to Discord or you go to Facebook group, you can also provide a lot of value there. So for me, that's that's more. Yeah, I don't do Quora anymore, um, but you know, I, I did try it for, for a little while to see what happens. And that's part of the game. You know, you've got to try different things and see what works and what doesn't. You know, you're going to spend some time doing it, but there's always some kind of benefit. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. And that really leads into the next part of where I'd like to take this conversation, which is the um, the meshing of technology and AI with content, marketing, and media. Yeah. And as it pertains to all of these, these, these channels and the uh, explosion of channels that we're seeing right now, there is an opportunity to start partnering with tools like ChatGPT to drastically consolidate the amount of effort and time that might be required to partake in these places by 
automatically creating content that then may require you to just go in and do some like editing um, to make it fit. Uh, that's the primary use case that that I'm seeing with ChatGPT. But I guess before we dial in on the specifics, what's your overall feeling or sentiment about tools like GPT and how AI is already impacting your industry? Yeah, it's a great questions and, and segue into this topic. So we, we integrate AI into press jockey, right? So like you said, you can use you can use OpenAI or ChatGPT to augment your content creation. Okay, we do that for responding to that those inbound press requests that I had mentioned earlier on. I mean, there's outbound, you're reaching out to the press, you're creating stories, and there's inbound where you're responding to people who have tight deadlines and they need an expert. Okay, right. so we leverage ChatGPT on a trained uh, response system that we've created based on our knowledge of how to get press and we use that to we use that ai to help get you over writer's block and help create pitches that really resonate with the media so you get you get more placements yeah that's the idea so we're using it and we're deep into it like we're launching multiple ai products ai-based products in in the press space so to answer your next question yes it is affecting the press game the content game media as a whole like this this is just the start and so we're seeing this with happen with content right now. Um, so you're looking at blog posts, think things in press, right? Yeah. Press responses, emails, cold emails, all those types of things, completely, yeah. completely changing. But you will also see this in terms of video, in terms of images. Like you expect that most of it will be AI generated in I don't know, you know next couple of years. Um, it's moving that fast. And if you haven't seen what I'm talking about, you can search for Mid Journey Five and look at some of the the artwork that's been created there we're talking like photorealistic you if, if it's done well which it is some a lot of it is some of it has mistakes but if it's done well you can't tell the difference between the, the ai and the real photo um it's getting that good and we're four months in um so there's that but that leads me to the next thing how do i feel about it i feel a little scared to be honest it's um you know it is a very very powerful tool that is going to disrupt and displace millions of people and if we're not careful i think we're in for a lot of trouble personally um am i still using it yeah absolutely because i think you need to understand it and you know we see we see an opportunity to really drive uh, a lot of gains in in the press world but it is extremely powerful and i think extremely dangerous overall um, if we don't figure out how to manage it and slow it down a bit or, you know, control the development of it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And the, the way I kind of think about it now is like, we're still very much in inning. We're, we're in the top of the first inning in a game that, you know, in a decade from now, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very, very different landscape. I, I have to say, and I didn't feel this way necessarily four or five years ago, but now after actually interacting with tools like GPT and uh, researching how AI is is changing and how quickly it's all happening, like I, I do think that a lot of people and a lot of jobs are going to either be augmented or replaced. Um, I think there's always going to be a need for human ingenuity and creativity, but um, even jobs like writing and um, some strategy type roles, um, whether it's with GPT or, or others like it, you're going to see a lot of these positions be made redundant and obsolete as these tools become more um, more widely adopted. And when they do, they are self-learning and will thus become smarter exactly. and more capable. And so that's the real 
when, when Cahill says, you know, there's concerns there, um, it's, it, it's linked to these types of ideas. And um, again, it can be looked at as being a positive or a negative, but for now, um, you, you know, you've got to partner with, with the tools the best way that you can to make your job easier and better um, because they're there. And if you don't, you're at a competitive disadvantage in my view. Yeah, I also think I also think it's important for people to understand how to use it so that you can respect and see the power of it. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's another analogy. It's it's like you know, you if if you've only ever walked or ridden a bicycle, you don't understand how fast a Tesla Plaid car is and and what true acceleration and speed is like until you sit in one and you go from 0 to 60 in 2 seconds and you're like my mind is blown like i can't believe that this is possible and then you think oh, okay wow yeah this this could be used for good or bad and then you're like oh, okay now i respect why you know parents say look both ways when you cross the street it's like i get it like this thing moves fast and it's it's heavy you know and it's dangerous you know I, I, maybe that's not the greatest analogy um you know and and so it's 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 like one of these things where yeah like you said this thing is moving fast and i do think people should get involved with it and check it out so that you can make more informed decisions about where things are going and so that you can you can start to understand why there's such concern about it um in the market and uh, from very very smart people people who are much smarter than i uh and, and why it's like this is this is a concerning thing for sure yeah yeah absolutely uh the way I'm using it right now is, is really just to help with content creation. Honestly, you know, like creation of social content, captions, posts, emails here and there. And then also as a partner for brainstorming, because quite frankly, in the ways I've interacted with GPT so far, like it's it's almost more emotionally intelligent, as crazy as that is to say, than a lot of the a lot of the people out there, um, to be frank. And um, it it can come up with ideas in an instant that would take a team of people hours to do 10 Absolutely. years ago. And so when you think when you th when you think about that sort of just I'm just excited when you think about that and you're like we're like you said we're in the top of the first inning on this yeah. like fast forward by six months twelve months twenty four months and it's like oh my gosh like you know that that team of people that you would have brainstormed with you don't need them anymore and so right. it's like what do they do or the right. writers that you had creating content you don't need them anymore what do you do if you're a writer like, and on and on and on and on lawyers like. You know, medical researchers like it's just like the list goes on contract you know people who write contracts you know like on and on and on and on then you get into like photography videography like you can tell chat gpt when combined with things like midjourney to make stunning stunning product photos like things that would cost you tens of thousands of dollars to shoot you can spend 150 bucks with you know some midjourney credits and get it done in you know an hour it's just on another level man Oh, absolutely. This is changing the game. Yeah. Um, okay. So just kind of move, moving into the, the final session of our conversation. Um, some some quick quick takeaways and uh, um, a couple rapid fire questions for you. So um, in 60 seconds or less, what is your biggest takeaway from your journey in, let's say, moving into this space of technological innovation? um as it relates to pr and media what's the biggest takeaway over the last couple of years that you need to get started and constantly try and find great people to work with because you're not going to do it on your own perfect what are two to three takeaways that you want people to walk away from this conversation and do or to be thinking about with their business so one get started like get started 
today. Maybe tomorrow, but get started today. So that's massive. Even if you don't think you're an expert, even if you don't think your brain's ready, even if you don't think you've got something cool or interesting to say, get started. It's going to take you time. So get started. So that's one. Yeah. Two, um, definitely take a look at AI. Like this is shifting the game for everything related to content, images, video, audio. Yes. Take, take a look at it. You need to understand it to some degree um, so that you can make informed decisions about it so you can understand how it's going to impact your business, your job, your, your company, etc. And then three, um, if you want, you can also take a look at something like, uh, you know, the tool that we've created, right? Press Jockey, which will help you with press. And if you don't want, that's also fine too, but get started. Like try some of the tools out there and like really get moving with your, get moving with your press exposure. That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is now on sale. You can visit my website, michaelbecker.org, to grab your copy. There's also a link in the description. And if you'd like to learn more about what me and my team at Neocore are building, you can visit our website, neocore.co. You can learn more there and join the waitlist for when we launch later this year.